We discuss that classic work of swashbuckling, uh, airships, and I guess kung fu, The Three Musketeers. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Hey. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey Dan. What's up? Hey, yourself. Hey, what's happening? Are we just meeting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Right, Do yeah. we bump into each other on a podcast somehow? <laughs> yeah. Fancy meeting you here. Somebody's in, in somebody's eardrums. Fancy meeting you here in front of all of these microphones. It's not that fancy. I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt. Yeah. Uh, Hands so, are covered with chicken grease. Before we... Uh, before we start, yeah, we got something the we need to clear up. We gotta, yeah. we gotta address a flop house scandal. We gotta clear the air, um, provide a retraction, correction, and direction. Yeah, a lot of people pointed out that uh, last episode, the in, <laughs> inst, inst I'm and by a lot of people, a couple people, a couple people on the internets, uh, pointed out that the in the inst time int episode, uh, int I'm we mistakenly referred to Olivia Wilde as Justin Timberlake's girlfriend. And thereby the hamburger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, let's not bring back the hamburger. No, I, I, no actually, I was going to no, ask Stuart. That is an insult to all humanity. No, no, no. She was, she uh, was not his all girlfriend. All humanity. She was not his girlfriend. She was his mother. She was actually his mother. Stuart, but would, you, would you like to revise your hamburger snake analogy based on that? Go. Uh, so I guess in this case, as somebody's already pointed out, that would make somebody's mom to be a hamburger, mm-hmm. and that your I guess girlfriend would be steak. Fair enough. Being Amanda Seyfried. When before you were just judging the relative physical attractiveness yeah. of those two actresses. Their hotness or their notness, in their, if in you will. In the crudest possible manner. Yeah. Uh, in the least humane or human way. Stewmane, yeah. <laughs> I I would probably... Might go for some stewmane. <laughs> stewmane noodles? <laughs> uh, you know what? This is, this is, I think, a more complex question. I think I'm going to have to take some time. Okay. Uh, we're going to... After we're done recording this, we'll do a Flophouse movie minute. I don't about oh, well. 10, 20 minutes where <laughs> nope. we where I actually kind of talk about this at, at line. Yeah, just two to three hours. We get, just this is, get into it because you'll probably not be uh, invited to speak at the TED conference. You'll have to give what your lecture would have been, which is hamburger steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When a woman is a hamburger or a steak, and the properties of different types of hamburger moms. <laughs> <laughs> or steak girlfriends, steak burger girlfriends, uh, steak girlfriends, all kinds. But uh, I'd like. I I'd, mean, this is a, this is a flaw. I mean, like you know, in our in our defense, this is what happens. In our defense, that movie was very dull. In our defense, this is what happens talking. when a movie. Uh, one of the the tropes of the movie is that everyone's twenty five years old, so they're all the same age. I think trope is the wrong word there. Uh, but whatever. But uh, <laughs> but also yes, you know. We tripe? were talking when the movie started. <laughs> One of the tripes of the movie. Uh, we do talk during the, during a lot of these films. This I remember um, that one in particular. I had to ask you guys more than usual if you could shut up because I was having trouble hearing. Well, a lot of people got sassy on the internet about how we missed this plot point, and to them, I have to say, um, I think. Why I w- are you expecting us to be good at our jobs? <laughs> I well, mean, haven't you been listening to this? Like, this is not. So you a, were kind of angry about it. No, no, I'm he just was like, really this is, pissed off. Like, this is not why a. Why do you even listen to this shit? 
No, no, no. I think it's it, look. I don't go down to where you listen to podcasts and slap the dick out of your ears. <laughs> I think it. I think it's emblematic of a basic misunderstanding about the flop house that we uh, that we put any effort into a, it. Thanks. <laughs> which is this is a mo- this is a uh, a podcast about movies. It is rather than a podcast about three dudes uh, saying gibberish at each other. Oh, we, there it is. That too. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised that, at people getting up in arms about a factual error. I don't error. know that this. I don't know that this really cuts to the heart of the flop house the way you feel it does. But I am in both touched and impressed that we mean so much to people that they wanted to point out that we got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because the worst reaction is indifference. The more you know. <laughs> no, I think the worst reaction is people making fun of us on the internet. I think that's the worst reaction. Like, Look, I've been made fun of on the internet. Yeah. It's really easy to take. All the time. Constantly. Yeah. Your genital size. One of the regular your... comments that, that this podcast receives on message boards and things is how irritating my voice is. Mm-hmm. And I find that hilarious. So... All right. I have no... So if, if people make fun of us on the internet, it doesn't bother me that much. Okay, fair enough. So, but then again, to, I have a heart of stone. So, to so to sum Wait, up, people are making fun of us. Well, just you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to sum up, for our fans, for our fans, to sum up, we love you. Yes. And fuck you. Yeah. Well, Whoa, we but love, also we love you. We love you. You're perfect. Now change. Yeah. In the words of Broadway. Um, but no, we'll pay closer attention to the movies we watch starting next time because this time <laughs> it was very hard to. Yeah. This time we watched a little movie called. Les trois, les, les trois Mousquetaires, or in American, I don't even know is that, that Japanese? Is. The French, the, the Three Musketeers. Wait, oh, the, three French mus- Musketeers. <laughs> the French Musketeers. The French Musketeers. In English, the title is The French Musketeers. <laughs> also, there's three of them. By the way, this is an but American movie four. that was made in English. <laughs> yeah. Shot in Bavaria, I believe. <laughs> uh, we watched the Three Musketeers 2011 version. Mm-hmm. Yep. Many films. By Paul W.S. Anderson. Not Paul Thomas Anderson or Paul Wes Anderson, a, who a is. A real hit maker. Yeah. Yeah, he made a lot of big movies like, uh, what, Resident He's Evil? He killed a lot of people, yep. is what you're thinking. What else saying. did he do? Paul Wes Anderson. Oh, uh, he did the first Mortal Kombat movie, right? He did. Um, Soldier, is that him? The... Yeah, Soldier was him, and Magnolia. No, uh, no, there will be blood. No, the Royal Tenenbaums. Walter Thomas Violet. Anderson, now Wes Anderson. Uh, he wrote uh, Winesver- Winesburg, Ohio. Uh, I don't even know what that reference uh, is. Sherwood Anderson. Okay. Read a book sometime. <laughs> Come on. Possibly The Three Musketeers <laughs> by <laughs> Alexander Dumas. He's that <laughs> that gray-haired, probably gay uh, anchorman. That's Anderson Cooper. Sorry. Oh, oh. His hair's more know. white. That's what threw me off. That's, that's what we're doing now, I guess. Yeah. Um, He's a Sean Connery movie about a bank robber trying to rob a apartment building. That's the Anderson tapes. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, it's a so fun movie Three too. Musketeers. Uh, Elliot, okay. you usually pay attention to the movie the best. I tried to this time. Yeah, let's. There's a lot let's of twists and turns on in you this, this one, time. Right? So if you fuck something up, it's just going to be your fault. Oh, who, me? This okay. movie had more twists and turns than a. Than a rattlesnake in a jigsaw puzzle. Exactly. <laughs> now, The Three Musketeers is, of course, based on the popular candy bar of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just goes to show, like, they're... Who played Peanuts? <laughs> Peanuts was played by... Uh, the... <laughs> Hillary Swank. <laughs> it was played by the music of Vince Guaraldi. Wow. <laughs> Hillary Swank played Peanuts. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course... Always a laugh. Nougat was played Swank. by Armin Mueller-Stahl. <laughs> 
And <laughs> Chocolate was played by, uh, I don't know. Ray Fine. The late Roy Scheider. <laughs> okay. uh, so we're in Purely 16- digital performance, I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Or was that actually an exhumed corpse? No, no. He just he shot it actually 30 years ago in case anyone ever made a movie of Three Musketeers. <laughs> he wanted to be part of it. So he had it made in his spare time he and they just took it He just loved the material that much. He just loved the candy that much. <laughs> so it's 17th century France. Okay. Everyone's favorite place favorite time <laughs> and we're and we're introduced to a, a foursome of adventurers the three musketeers athos porthos and aramis and mila jovovich as milady now they're basically french ninjas who break into a place fringes fringes if you will who uh, i think that's lady fringe fans mm-hmm. uh they're basically french secret agents in the 17th century they all have their quirky personalities uh one of them is a strong man one of them is religious. Yeah, super religious. Super religious. And the other one is... A guy. Just a guy. He's the leader of the group. Uh, mm-hmm. The Leonardo, if you will. The Leonardo, the Cyclops, the Dan McCoy, the boring one. Uh, the mummy, if you will, of the group. <laughs> Wait, what? And they, they mummy? They're in Venice, Italy, and they break into... Is the mummy the leader of the monsters? No, but he's the most boring of them. <laughs> okay, okay. The leader of the monsters is obviously Dracula, but he's super mm-hmm. exciting. So. Dracula. What? So <laughs> anyway, Dracula. yeah, let's let's leave your <laughs> your pronunciation of Dracula's name as if you were I mean, a recent a recent is, Eastern European immigrant. Too. It is hilarious. <laughs> I, I grant you that, Dan. But let's move on yeah, with the You're breaking new comedy ground with your Dracula character. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but so our musketeer friends and Mila Jovovich as Milady, they break into Mia Jovovich. I know this <laughs> yeah. because Mia Jovovich has pronounced her own name on cosmetics commercials oh, recently. Did somebody put something in your drink? What's yes. going on here? Well, whiskey. Someone oh, okay. put whiskey in your drink, and that was me. But, uh... Do you have like a lot of pixie sticks before the recording? <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> okay, let me continue. Just don't say any more names. So far, I'm, I'm saying, almost through the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> so, Venice, Italy. The Three Musketeers break into Leonardo da Vinci's secret vault. Wait. You got you got one for that, Leonardo da Vinci. Vitaly. Uh. <laughs> that is, Go you are wasting that. our ears. This is a waste of ear. Uh, and they steal the plans for an some kind of floating airship Zeppelin type machine. Now, of course, to do that, they have to get past a bunch of booby traps because this is a movie mm-hmm. set in the past, made nowadays. So there's all sorts of steampunk shit slow and motion. nonsense. A lot of slow motion fighting. And uh, a acrobatics. Uh, a Mia Jovovich sliding around with her cleavage exposed. Yeah, and a lot of like, yeah. as, as you said, Stuart, like kind of wushu style fighting in yeah. in medieval French fish markets. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they steal the airship, but then, bum bum bum, they've been betrayed by Mila Jovovich and Orlando Bloom as the Duke of Buckingham. Uh, their English nemesis, though everyone in the movie has an English accent, even yeah. if they're French. He looks like a rock and roll vampire. <laughs> and mm. Orlando Bloom looks like a rock and roll vampire and has the one hanging earring that all villains have in these movies. Uh, drugs their wine to, I guess, put them he's, to sleep he's a for crypt, a little bit. Crypto gay man, I guess, is the, the thing. Like that's it's like, it's like from like a is that like an a, old movie? A where... gay man who loves puzzles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that like if if Crypto the Superdog was a gay man? No, I'm just saying, like it's 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 like in, in an older movie where they're, they're like coded. It's like yeah, so like this is uh, why you don't like this guy because uh, he's effeminate. So like the critic characters in Laura or All About right, Eve, right? Exactly. Or, okay. And he likes puzzles. And he likes puzzles. Maybe mainly, mainly Sudoku. <laughs> but go on. What? 
Thanks, Stuart. Uh, I just needed some punctuation to separate me from Dan's incredibly stupid remark. For the for the editing later. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so the airship plans get stolen by England. Now it's one year later, and a young man, D'Artagnan, who's kind of a fourth-rate Shia LaBeouf character. He's really irritating and very Very unlikable. cocksure. Like cocksure a third-rate Zac Efron. And unlikable. Yeah, yeah. Zac Efron. Yeah. <laughs> See, I can yeah. do it. Nora, I'm in. Zac I'm Efron. In. He's like a second-rate Nora Efron. <laughs> he, uh, he, his father teaches him how to sword fight. His father's an ex-musketeer, and he says, you should go to Paris and be a musketeer. So mm-hmm. D'Artagnan rides into Paris. Three days later, he I mean, reaches Paris. The scene is basically the exact same as if he was going to college. Like I think they yeah. just cribbed it from any any like college buddy comedy where this character is about to go party hard and get laid all the time. Well, from the famous college uh, movie, the Free, Three Fratskateers. <laughs> uh, but his dad tells him, "Make mistakes, have adventures, fall in love, get in trouble," and it's like it's terrible advice. This is bad advice. You just gave mm-hmm. him a sword and told him to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so neither, a bar- neither a borrower nor a lender be to thine own self be true. This is this is the sort of advice that a young musketeer should get. Yeah, sure. From say, uh, from say, uh, from say Polonius, Polonius or <laughs> uh, someone who might get stabbed behind a curtain later on. <laughs> someone who hiding behind a curtain will get stabbed, thus uh, yeah. making them goofy. <laughs> yep. As someone it. whose advice actually. Should be would be undercut by the everything else about that character. Yeah. So uh, we watched Hamlet, and <laughs> so he goes to Paris and proceeds to get into a lot of trouble and irritate all three of the Musketeers, who challenge him to a duel. But then their duel is interrupted by the guardsmen who work for the Cardinal Cardinal Richelieu, right? Mm-hmm. Richelieu, uh, best known from history. And or those Monty Python, uh, yeah, things. where Michael Palin would play Cardinal Richelieu with that weird accent. Yep, we go we instead of we. I <laughs> did that thing, yeah. So wait, they well, say, that's actually, wait, I mean, they like, use, wait, they had silly accents say, on Monty Python. <laughs> yes, people, they did. People do say we though in French, but the way that's, he says that's it like, is that's like our equivalent of yeah, but the way he says it is particularly good. No, it is funny. Uh, so, I'll give that to Michael Palin, <laughs> okay. And in the fight with the guardsmen, in which they kill a lot of people. Like yeah. the musketeers. Well, they team up. Like initially, they're going to kill this kid because he's an asshole. It's like and a Marvel like, team. Well, up. this this kid's beating all these dudes to death. Like he's killing all these guys. Well, let's we help join him in out. and help him kill these people. And then the leader of the guards, played by one-eyed Mads Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen. is like, hmm, just kill them, and then he leaves. Like, <laughs> no, they're losing already. Oh, I forgot that uh, D'Artagnan has already run afoul of Mads Mikkelsen earlier in a scene that was cribbed from A Fistful of Dollars. Yeah, uh, where D'Artagnan tries to make Mads Mikkelsen apologize to D'Artagnan's horse for insulting it, uh, but instead he gets his ass kicked by uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Well, a yeah. bullet, basically. Yeah, Mads by being shot. shoots him when D'Artagnan pulls out a sword in a scene cribbed from Raiders hey, of the Lost Ark. never bring a sword to a gunfight. So there you go. Two, du- it's, the, it's the old double crib. Yeah, double crib in one scene. You, you gotta double crib that thing for the baby's safety. You gotta double crib it. No, I like but it. in case there's an oil spill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the baby? Yep. So the te- the three musketeers team up with D'Artagnan. Uh, it's pretty no, clear. No, it's if he gets out of one crib. <laughs> yeah, no, you need to have that second crib. wall of the second defense. layer of crib. <laughs> but if he gets out of the second crib, <laughs> well, mm, no one could foresee that. That's, ne- that's never happened. <laughs> never, never really in the history of babies. What is so different about the second crib that it's so much harder to get out of? It's Does a laser it have crib. snakes in it? <laughs> yeah. Well, is it a hundred feet high? <laughs> yes. The second crib is planet Earth. 
Whoa. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a space baby? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it this is a, a space baby. Yeah, this is a confused. baby in like a space zoo, like aliens. <laughs> I think it's really telling of Elliot that he assumed that this wasn't a space baby. Yeah. I think it is the telling racist. of me. Yeah, <laughs> no, racism is really the what it says about me. Spacism. <laughs> yeah, maybe spacism at best. So three musketeers. Is that where we're at? Anyway, I'll make a long story short. There's. The Cardinal and Milojovovic are plotting with the Duke of Buckingham to overthrow the French king through the elaborate plot that involves the stealing of a necklace. Yeah. Um, it's really dumb. Which is actually like not a million miles away from uh, the original story. Except the original story has to deal with trying to ruin the honor of, a, of an aristocrat, right. whereas this has to do with the fight over plans for magic airships that shoot cannons and flame. True. Which are also both the best and worst thing about the movie, which we can talk about at some point. But there are a lot of very long scenes of the villains plotting with each other that break up the action scenes interminably. The musketeers go to France. The musketeers come back. There's an airship battle. There's a very long sword fight between Mad About Mads Mickelson and um, Shia Zach Arafin mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan. And... The uh, there's a girl that D'Artagnan's in love with, and yep. they kiss or whatever. Really she turns out to be one of the ladies in waiting to for, for the, the Queen, Queen of, of Austria. Oh man, it's so really much court intrigue. Yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns that are all equally boring. There's a and... weird chunk in the middle where it's just the musketeers kind of following around the King of England or King of King of France, and he no, no understandable, really weird understandable hat. error because as you said, everyone. <laughs> Has an English accent, even though this is in France. Everyone has an English accent, other than Mia Jovovich, who has an American accent, and, and Christoph, Christoph Waltz, who has his Christoph Waltz accent. Yeah, Christoph Waltz plays Cardinal Richelieu, and it's maybe if you saw the Inglori- most Germanic Cardinal Richelieu. <laughs> but it, like, if you saw Glorious Bastards, and I'm sure you did, I'm sure one of the things that struck you as it struck me was I've never seen this guy before in anything, but he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is fantastic in every scene, Christoph, Christoph Waltz. He's great. He should be in so many more movies. Like he's fantastic, and then you movies see movies like the Green Hornet, movies say. like the Green Hornet and the Three Musketeers, and you see the Three Musketeers, and you were like, "This is the worst actor I think I've ever seen in my life." He's really bad. He's like sleepwalking through the entire role, you know. Whereas Orlando Bloom is chewing up the scenery oh, and spitting it out. Yeah. Orlando Bloom, who put a nickel lo- in that guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like every. It's like, scene- no one thought I could do it, but I can. <laughs> Check it out. Check it, me out. It's Orlando Bloom <laughs> seems to think that he is the star of the movie and is just like cutting loose. It's we, it's an Orlando Bloom we've never seen before. You put a pompadour on Orlando Bloom. Apparently, he becomes uh, twenty times more interesting. Yeah, yeah he was. He was great. Yeah, he has a he has a goatee, and it's almost enough to make me think that Orlando Bloom's evil twin <laughs> filled in for him, and was just like, "Well, an actor I shall be." Uh, the play is the thing. Oh, time to ruin his reputation. <laughs> yeah, by but, overacting. But the main plot of this movie is about uh, trying to steal a necklace and plant uh, plant some love letters. So as to ruin the budding romance between the King of France and the Queen of Austria. And I'm not sure how that helps England, since in the end, the true power seems to belong to the people with airships. And I don't know how breaking up this relationship affects who controls the airships. Well, I it, I guess what it is they, is they that lose faith in the king, is what they said, and then Cardinal Richelieu swoops in and takes over. Wait, but they lose faith in the king for being cuckolded? Like, that's not really know. how royalty works. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would just mean that, like, he would 
she, he would kill the the queen of Austria. He'd find a new girl. Like well, if also, he's the king of France, he's probably banging like eighteen broads. Hey, yeah. oh, I mean he's a stallion. As I was confu- as I was saying that, I was, I was confused. Oh, and by... the French king in the movie is is a dandy. Like he's a dandyish guy who only cares about his clothes. Well, also at the beginning of this movie, the the Duke of Buckingham reveals himself as the bad guy, and then later on he's like traipsing around. Uh, hanging out with the King of France and the Musketeers are never like, hey, this 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 fucker's the guy who stole the airship from us at the beginning he of the movie. He probably has diplomatic immunity. Yeah, they never. Yep. But, but so they what they need to say was your diplomatic immunity is about to be revoked mm-hmm. and then shoot him. Yeah, case I'm closed. Glad I, I'm glad they're giving him warning. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> like well, so other, we can make plans. Other, <laughs> like, so if you want to get a lawyer, that's okay. Bang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what really happened is that. They took The Three Musketeers, a solid story that has survived many film adaptations. It's been around for 150 years and decided to fill it with a bunch of steampunk spy nonsense. And that warped and twisted and distorted the story so that things that were of paramount importance in the original original story seem trivial when it's like if you set – it's like if you tried to set the story during World War II and it was like – We've got to get those letters and the necklace back, yeah. or the atomic bomb might be yeah. dropped on us. And then they're dropping atomic bombs on each other. Well, well, yeah, it's like, well, the you... necklace and the letters really didn't have, it really didn't mean very much, did they? Yeah, once yeah, you introduce airships, <laughs> after airships are involved, you're not going to care about where some jewelry is. And is... it's one of the things where it's like, if if the movie had only chosen to be either faithful to the story or totally over the top stupid and bombastic it could have been a lot of fun because at the by the end when the villain airship arrives and it's got this huge it's uh the figurehead on the front is literally like a grim reaper mm-hmm. with a cross and a bishop's hat and with with busty dark tanyan's uh, love interest strapped to it strapped yeah, it's to like it. a uh, awesome album cover yeah it's mm-hmm. like it's like a heavy metal album cover come to life like, if the movie lived up to that one shot, it would be a very fun movie. But instead, it's like these long stretches of dialogue where you can't – it's really boring. It's supposed to be, like, faux witty, but it's not witty at all. Mila Jovovich has a lot of screen time for a character who is not very important to the plot when it comes down to it. Yeah, one of the things that I hated in terms of the, like, In weir- terms of endearment? In terms of, like, the weird updating the of this movie – was the, the, so they brought the whole movie down. <laughs> was a scene where Mia Jovovich was uh was playing the cat burglar character, like trying to steal the necklace in the first place, and they're like, "Okay, uh, we can't have lasers back at this time. So what we're gonna do is she's gonna like throw her ribbon out in the air, and instead of being cut apart by lasers, it's gonna be cut apart by razor sharp wires yeah, like that are strung up like over. lasers. Mm-hmm. And she's still gonna have to do that stupid fucking thing that happens in movies nowadays, where she acrobatics her way through the uh, the Does some wires. capoeira and dances through yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think it was capoeira. It was more like one leap. Yeah, well. but it's also like there's this long cat burglar sequence where she's like fighting guys and sneaking through passages, and it's like. It feels like they tried to Ocean's Eleven up uh, Three Musketeers. Like, they had very little faith in the material, so they're like, let's put some, like, let's put some sneaky spy robbery scenes in this. You know, it was, they, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean. It was all all very unnecessary. We've already brought up that the guy who made the movie is married to Mia Jovovich. Yeah. Jovovich, whatever. Um, So, yeah. Milaj Jovovich. He's going to put her in the movie a shitload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or else when they get home, she's gonna be mean to him. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 
This that's is right what I your, assume married life is, is like. You're married. Like you should know what married life is like. Still, still learning. Sue still gets all his information from the Lockhorns. That's yep. how. <laughs> from Andy Cap. <laughs> that man has a has a rolling pin hovering behind his head at all times. I just imagine yep. Stuart coming home now with a cap over his eyes when. Oh, love. Oh, I didn't mean to stay at the pub all night, love. Mm-hmm. Selling hot fries, doing all kinds of shit. <laughs> so, so do you think in Andy is a hot fries salesman? <laughs> well, he's, he's about the spokesperson. Man. So he walks through the streets of London going, hot fries, hot fries, yeah, get so your that, hot fries. I mean, he almost universe, doesn't even have to say it anymore because people recognize him from the <laughs> yeah. packaging. Well, that's yeah. what I'm wondering. In that universe, how is he How is he famous enough that he puts himself on the packaging? Oh, well, because it's his company. Hot fr- but uh, it seems like a When Henry like Ford recursive. named his company Ford, it's not like people are like, Oh yeah, Ford should use that name because he's famous. You get famous from putting your name on the. Now, package. are you arguing that he's not like that? He doesn't show the wealth of being a popular hot fry salesman. I don't think he's that wealthy from the hot fries. I think he gets by. <laughs> I mean, hot fries are pretty expensive to make. He also so spends he, a lot spends, of money on booze. The profit he spends margin all is, his money on pints down the, to the pub. Profit margin is razor thin, and that all goes into drink. Yeah. No wonder his wife is mad at him all the time. Because, I mean, I don't know if you guys have tasted hot fries, but they use only the finest ingredients. The margin is really. <laughs> yeah, really it's, orga- it's organic and artisanal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those handicap hot fries. That's why they sell them in vending machines. <laughs> They use only the finest hot when making those. <laughs> the finest hot and the purest bread fry. <laughs> only free range pure bread fry. Uh, there's a lot of giant um, models. In, in Andy movie? Cap's hot fries? No, in, in the movie we watched. You mean like Tyra Banks? No, no, like, wait, she's giant? <laughs> she's like 30 feet tall. Okay. Statuesque is the word you're looking for. Yeah, she's a statue. Well, there's uh, a lot of small statues in this movie. Yeah, they're, they're, one of the things I liked about it was when they segue between locations. They don't do it enough. They would turn into, like, a model map with model cities, and the camera would zoom yeah, over. Yeah, it was like it was like a 3D version of an old-timey map. Yeah, or like a risk board. Well, they did that early on, and then they stopped doing it. Yeah, and I don't know why they stopped. Well, they didn't go to many other countries after, you know. Uh, just England. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's one. That's not many. Uh, one thing I liked about this movie is how well defined all the different characters were. I mean... Well, they all had one personality. Really, I detect sarcasm there, Dan. <laughs> You have a you have a finely tuned ear, Stuart, because yep. uh, I, I was intending. A, I could be a musketeer. Sincerity, musketeer. Now, so, that, now that you say it, there it does seem that um, uh, Athos. What, what was he known for? He, he was, was he either, the religious one, or he was either he, religious. He's, he's the boss. He's, he's the, the boss. He's the leader. He has if no. If you ask who's the boss, you, you'd so, say he's the so boss. He's, he's like generally dour and mm-hmm. sober-minded and glum. So and he's the Dan. Porthos yeah. was the uh, the muscular uh, kind of awesome. So one. that's yeah, the, the lover of life, the Stuart. Stuart. That's the yeah. Stuart. And uh, and Aramis was the religious one. So me, obviously. Mm, I'm thinking you're more of a D'Artagnan. And D'Artagnan was the irritating young asshole that nobody likes. Uh, irritates everybody. The guy who comes into town, pisses off the three musketeers, and then uh, right. somehow worms his way into their affections. Yeah, if the by fits. virtue of being less uh, evil than the evil people, and bags the busty broad. So it is me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that was great. The uh, I love how at the very end of the movie, the guy who uh, D'Artagnan picked a fight with, played mm. by Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Uh, they're getting in the sword fight, and you may know him as Citrone from Flame and Citrone. Yeah, or the most one expensive eye from... movie in Danish history. 
Uh, and the the three of us, <laughs> or one eye from the Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> you may name, know him right? from the Three Musketeers. <laughs> he played uh, Rockford from he, the Cheese Fortune. You know, you know him as a bleedy face from Casino Royale. Le Chiffre. Yeah, bleedy face. Um, so, and the three of us the whole time were kind of rooting for the villain to because he was way better. Yeah, oh. you yeah, have an this eye patch, an eye patch, <laughs> a, a ponytail. Mm-hmm. He was not irritating as shit. Like, yeah. he was way he better. He kind of just shut up and did his thing. I got to assume he designed that airship with that bitching mast. Yeah. Know, or bitching fi- figurehead. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he insisted on that. Yeah. Like he, I assume he sketched it in the margin of his math notebook. Then he showed it to the engineers, and he said, put this on the front. <laughs> <laughs> put this on the front and tie a babe to it. Well, he, he didn't say that. He, he had to wait for them to stop ooing and eyeing over it. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, it's whatever. It's nothing. I just scribbled it out. Whatever. You're anyway. Like, You're a really good drawer. No, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's all about shading. <laughs> <laughs> Can you draw something on the, on the front of my notebook? Yeah, yeah. How about, uh, you know. Like a motorcycle driven by a skeleton. Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I forgot to mention the ending of the movie. Orlando Bloom disappears for roughly 100 hours of the film. And then at the very at the end, uh, Mila Jovovich has been, she tried to sneak away and escape. She was captured by the Three Musketeers, and then she jumped overboard off of their airship, airship. over the ocean. She surely couple, did. A couple hundred feet. Yeah, at least. Into mm-hmm. the icy waters of whatever, the, the, the English Channel. Deep. Uh, at the very end of the movie, she wakes up. Orlando Bloom has rescued her from the English Channel, and he says, we're going back to France to get what's mine. And you pull back. They're in a fleet of ships, an armada. You pull back even further. They've got an armada of airships floating above them, which begs the question, why the shit does he care about those other two airships if yeah. there's like 100 airships that he has? Uh, he wants D'Artagnan back. Oh, did he fall in love with D'Artagnan? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the whole thing is to show a force to get him back. Yeah, yeah. We haven't mentioned now there's a fourth musketeer character, not an official musketeer, who is a... I mean, wouldn't he be the fifth musketeer at this point? Well, when D'Artagnan comes in, he bumps him down to five. Okay. He is a fat guy who takes care of the musketeers, is their housekeeper and cook and steward and butler, and they treat him like garbage yeah. and they're mean to him for no reason <laughs> all he wants to do is be their friend and help them out they do nothing but shit all over him he's kind of a uh, a philip seymour hoffman in twister character or a philip seymour hoffman in uh, boogie nights character yeah. Yeah. or a philip seymour hoffman in magnolia character an early philip seymour hoffman not a late period philip seymour but hoffman but it's one of those things where like if he was really clumsy or like a big buffoon, you could almost understand it. But he's not. He just happens to be fat. He seems like to be a fairly capable guy. He, he takes, has a key role in kidnapping Mia Jovovich later in the film. Yeah. So. And if this were a wushu kung fu movie, uh, they he his character would be called Fatty or Fatso, and they would treat <laughs> him the exact same way. Yes. So he would be oddly fitting in that case. Except that there, it would be so ridiculously over the top. Because he would be a fat and clumsy and stupid. He would be super clumsy, super... And in that kind of movie, the question is always, why do they keep this idiot around? Since all he does is screw things up. Whereas Three Musketeers, he literally takes care of them all the time. He's like the Alice from the Brady Bunch to their Three Musketeers. He does not make any mistakes or errors. Never, except he's like kind of loud when he talks sometimes. And at one point, he's airsick while he's on an airship. He's literally one of maybe the first seven people to ever have been on an airship. True. There's no way to prepare him for this experience. And he goes, I hate air travel, which is the dumbest line, because he should still be in awe of the fact that he is 
hundreds of feet above the ground. Yes. Floating through the air like a bird. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I've had new experiences where I go from awe to dislike very quickly. But you're a glum bastard. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's one of those things where to build up, the, it never helps build up a, a group of heroes if you give them a fat guy that they taunt for the entire movie for no reason. Well, to make them look like bullies. <laughs> okay. Like, got your bully ass. I mean, it's a, it's a taunting based friendship on all sides, though. But, like, they taunt, when, when the musketeers taunt each other, it's like, oh, ho, well, I'll, uh, let's fence if you think you have the guts. Oh, no, you're the one who will be soiling his britches this time. <laughs> like, they know that they have a mutual respect for each other, so it's okay. But they have no respect for Fatso. Like, they're just mean to him. The undercurrent of every insult is, you suck. You're so lucky we let you hang around with us. Mm-hmm. And clean up our fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, sli- oh, fatty, you're the fattest. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just, it makes the characters but seem like bullies. D'Artagnan's an asshole. He gets, he gets the last line of the movie, I think. He does. Well, that's the other thing is the... the <laughs> While before, carrying food on both shoulders. Before the to-be-continued scene well, that perfect. sets up the He's movie fat. for a he sequel. food. <laughs> How do you think it got that way, Dan? Uh, the, that's the, logic. The, the Musketeers say, all for one and one for all. Their classic motto, movie should end right there. Instead, it holds on them for a second, and then Fatty walks up and starts talking, and they all walk away <laughs> in disgust. And Fatty, like... Fatty, you ruined the end of the movie. <laughs> And that's the end Good of the movie. Work. The end of the movie is not this heroic image of solidarity among heroes. It is Fatty <laughs> making them all mad for some reason, and then he wanders off with like a giant fish on his arm because he, he's about to eat it. I guess. Well, it's like he's going to be prepared. Like it's Heathcliff, he's just going to dip it into his mouth and pull out a skeleton with a head on it. <laughs> well, uh, look, he's got a he's got a real joie de vivre. He, he enjoys life. This is also after. The uh, Richelieu is behind the whole plot, but the musketeers, in order to free themselves from, I guess, getting in trouble, make it look like Richelieu was behind the uncovering of the evil plot. So the movie ends with our heroes, the musketeers, aiding the cause of an evil man and then making fun of a fat guy. Yeah, an evil man who gives a final threatening speech to them while holding up his skirts with one hand. (laughs) Because he's wearing cardinal robes. Yeah. Well... So intimidating. A classic of literature. Yeah, I don't think we got across how boring most of the movie is. It's super boring. There's a lot of people talking about their motives and uh, talking about stealing jewelry, and it doesn't really matter. Everyone explains what they're going to do in elaborate detail. Then they do it, and then they explain to everybody what they just did. It is ridiculous. Uh, I think it's time to render our final judgments. Um... Oh, also, I would just mention this was one of Quentin Tarantino's top ten movies of the year, <laughs> according to his list. Yeah, I think that that's loyalty to Christoph Waltz um, and nothing else. Green Hornet wasn't on the list. I think he liked Green Hornet. Maybe it wasn't on the top list, but well, uh, anyway. Uh, it was what, in a private conversation. Was this a... Quint. <laughs> Quint. You call him Quint? Yeah. You, call him, you don't call him Tintar? No, he likes it. He likes it because he's such a Tintar. Jaws fan. Um, hey, that's my friend Tino. <laughs> Quintino. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? Elliot, I'm going to go to you. I would call this a bad, bad movie that could have been a good, bad movie. There are some scenes in it that are ridiculously silly and show an over, over-the-top style that could have been dumb and a lot of fun, but instead it was got just got bogged down and boring. So it's a bad, bad movie, but it had potential that was lost. 
I would say. Yeah, Stu, what yeah. do you say? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Elliot. It's really, really on the fence there. I think if we'd had a little bit more of my, and I think Elliot's favorite character in the movie, and I think you liked him too, the sad bluesy guitar riff <laughs> that they would play every time there was a sad <laughs> we didn't mention that the, 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 the score of the movie is mostly like rousing bombastic normal movie or score or like goofy like or like doo doo like the kind of music you would hear in the background of like uh uh like a goofy kids adventure i guess yeah, sure. or a cartoon of some kind but then occasionally you'd get that like yeah, it's the the music that like the hard boiled detective would hear in, in like, 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 like whenever Murtaugh shows up. Or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. Like, it's Murtaugh's theme. When when the, when the hero of uh, To Live and Die in L.A. is staring out over the rooftops of the city, like that's the music that plays in the Three Musketeers movie. <laughs> you want a little more of that? Yeah, if I'd gotten a little more of that, it would have been a great good movie. It reminds me of the movie Three Hundred, which I enjoyed because it's totally stupid. And there's a moment when. They're fighting, and I remember seeing the theater going like, why is there not an electric guitar playing right now? And then the guitar kicked in, and it was like, oh, okay, good. They finally realized there is no reason in a movie this dumb to pretend that you're going to use music from this time period, yeah. you know, or from that, like, that general time period of the past, so classical music is okay. Like, yeah, throw so some electric guitar in there. It's you totally got, stupid. You got English accents, check. You got classical music, check. It's old-timey, old-timey yeah. time. Everyone's English. Yeah, I, I say this is a bad, bad movie because it sandwiches opening and closing scenes of, like, weird steampunk kung fu uh, bullshit versions mm-hmm. of Three Musketeers. Uh, and in between, it has boring versions of the, just the Three Musketeers story that we've all heard several times already. Yeah. so uh, We've eaten it. The worst of in, both worlds. In candy bar form. Yeah. I will. And Stuart, did you say what you said? You What did you say? Bad, bad also? I, I say I think it straddles the line. I think there's things about it that were good, bad, but not enough. Not enough to make it worth watching. Yeah. I will say one thing that came up while we were watching that I think should be recorded for history in this podcast is uh, my wish that there is a Danish teen heartthrob magazine <laughs> that has Mads Mikkelsen on the cover and the headline is Mad for Mads. <laughs> Danish teens are mad for meds. Yeah, I mean, somebody's going to take that idea now, dude. You realize. Can you copyright it? I'm just putting it out in the world. It's like my Jerry Cornelius. Just use it for whatever. Public domain automatically. Yeah. Creative Commons, everyone. Uh, Very Creative Commons. (laughs) That's my wiki idea. I'd like to thank. uh, I'd like to. Are we in the letters section, Dan? We are in the letters section, but first, I'd like to thank for donations. (laughs) I'd like to thank. Hey, oh, Scott. He likes donations. I guess. I like to yeah. thank Gina L. Hey, Paul Michael A. Seems Thanks. seems greedy to have two first names, but whatever. And Efren uh, <laughs> C. Just, he donated money to the podcast, Dan. Why are you yeah. biting his hand? No, that's what. That's seriously. What they, get that hand out of your they mouth. They donate Dan. that. That's why they donated. It's like uh, it's like uh, Don Rickles. They like the abuse. Oh, okay. That's not um, true at all. I don't think that's true at all. Flophouse fans, write in and say if you like Dan abusing you when you are so very kind and generous enough to help support us in this endeavor. We appreciate it. Dan doesn't, but we do. So this first letter from the Flophouse mailbag is... Flophouse mailbag! Open in the letters, reading them up, replying to them, sending them back. No sender at this address. <laughs> Where did they move? Find it out. Did they leave a forwarding very, one? Very active, no, they one. didn't. Track it down. Use the internet. 
public databases, I guess I'll pay the membership fee. It's like a Man in Motion type version of Elliot's song. Time to find them out. Send it back. Last known address was the one we already sent it to. The I guess pre- we'll wait to hear from them. They know where we it's weird are. That the whole premise of this song is like that they're using snail mail when these are all coming in via email. But all right, not yeah. enough postage. <laughs> Flophouse mailbag. So this first letter, part two of the song. <laughs> okay, we got an idea of where they live now. Send it to them as a package. With some Flophouse merchandise. Do we have any? Not yet. I don't understand why we anyone really on the internet on that. would say it's that Elliot's irritating. Idea. I don't, yeah, I don't get lie. where that idea got out there in the world. <laughs> well, no, they said my voice was irritating. My personality is also irritating. <laughs> so this... <laughs> That's totally different. This letter is titled Boo. Ah! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's the scariest oh, wait, wait, letter wait, wait. I've ever heard. Wait, wait, wait. This letter's titled Boo. Uh, oh. I mean, that's... I mean, at least maybe I know like, there's not a ghost maybe, writing yeah. us letters. And it says, did Dan just recommend Real Steel? <laughs> he totally did. The movie with a dancing kid who programs robots to dance with him as he dances and is very annoying. That sounds pretty great, actually. <laughs> they should have called it Robo Dance. <laughs> is it because of the buttitude of that mechanic girl who walks around in skimpy clothes? Because I'm pretty Dan sure... Dan mentioned that. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure her butt isn't even married and as such should prove of no interest to Dan. I reluctantly agree. Very good. Very good Flophouse continuity callback. Dan is only interested in the butts of married women. I would reluctantly agree to a spookily good bad for this, but a recommendation really <laughs> steams my cheese. Boo. The rest is okay. We'll never listen again. All the best. <laughs> really? Wow. wow. Peter, last name felt. So, uh, this deal was not that real. Is what he's well, saying. no, I gotta, I gotta say, I, in my defense... I was recommending three movies very quickly that day. Yeah. To, to, in your defense, you were recommending just movies you would happen to watch out on an airplane they recently. Were, those were qualified recommendations. <laughs> I had a shorter period of time, and I did, in fact, think to myself, should I mention that there is a very shitty aspect of the movie, which is the kid dancing and the robot dancing along and with it? And why him? didn't you mention that there's a very shapely aspect to the movie? Uh, I mean, I didn't. I didn't find it as butitudinal as this uh, Calipigian gentle, gentleman did. The correct for term is Calipigian. Uh, Evangeline Lilly plays the mechanic. You may remember as Kate from Lost. Is she from Neon Genesis Evangelion? Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she, is that the one where the the, uh, the spaceships transform into robots and yeah. use songs as weapons and against aliens who okay. are also angels somehow? Okay, Japan. <laughs> But I want to make it, I want to make it clear that I also was irritated by the dancing robot. But uh, because you look, hate joy, I'm yep. not. I'm not a single issue voter. All right. What about this scene in Short Circuit Two enough. where he dances with the little Short Circuit That's robots? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, good. As long as you're not against all dancing robots. Yeah. Uh, this second uh, email is titled Three Questions for the Flophouse House Cat." I can he, okay, I hope the answer a lot, is a lot of pressure. <laughs> Dear Flophouse House Cat. Meow. Meow meow. Meow 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 meow. Meow. One. Meow 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 meow. Is this really going to Two. Okay. This is what we're doing now, I guess. <laughs> are we is this the killing time podcast? Meow <laughs> meow. Are, sh- are we short this week, Dan? And three, <laughs> sincerely, Eric S. Dan, have you ever heard what a cat sounds like? <laughs> Look, I'm just reading the email. Like it wasn't me. Charlie Brown's mom. <laughs> that sounded like Charlie Brown's cat. 
So yep. those are three questions for the Flophouse house cat. Okay. Um, looks like he's going to answer them all. Uh, <laughs> all right. I guess that's all of them. Okay, yeah, that covers everything, I think. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Wait, he's, he's also, leaving. He just left on a skateboard with a slingshot hanging out yeah. his back pocket. <laughs> after, after spraying his urine all over us. But in a cool way. <laughs> Uh, this he gave uh, us a hang ten signal while he was spraying us with his urine. This email is titled "No More Mournful Sighs," and it goes, "Dear Floppers, <laughs> there shall be no more mournful sighs from Dan when he finds out that the entirety of the seminal, epic, and classic movie Hots is now available on YouTube." And uh, there's a YouTube link. And uh, he says, now the cinematic masterpiece can be known to all with a simple interweb connection. Yours, Floppily, Chris, last name with Hots. P.S. <laughs> Flophouse Housecat should be spayed and or neutered for his, her own protection. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, uh, it's too late. He, uh, he has already littered America with his litter. I did, I did, I did check on this link, which I'll, I'll stick on the, uh, the webpage. <laughs> for for uh, reference, not for masturbation. <laughs> No, I was I was curious. I at how hard it would make you. <laughs> no, I know, I know. I've seen Hots before. I'm I'm familiar. It's too with late. The... He's already seen it all. <laughs> uh, I can't but... put their blouses back on. No, nope. they try. But... I've seen everything. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I was surprised to find that uh, YouTube apparently is now just allowing '80s TNA films to be uh, uploaded unedited. It's just totally uncut. Yeah, no the the topless uh, football um, game it's from a, the end of Hots is now is is intact. Yeah, I think that falls under fair use for news. Yeah, that's why they can do that. But uh, that is good news. <laughs> I don't think it's enough to qu- to quit uh, me from sighing forevermore. No, for that it would take real good news. By the way, Dan, have you heard the good news? <laughs> what is it? Hots has risen. <laughs> Hots has risen indeed. <laughs> Hots is back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, that, I, mean, I am excited that that's uh, freely available to all. Oh yeah, finally, yeah. finally that great resource will <laughs> no longer be hidden behind the cruel lock and key of having to pay for it. <laughs> if if you out well, you there, don't have to waste you don't have to waste memory on your smartphone by downloading the movie. You can just watch it directly no, on I mean, YouTube. If, if there are people in the world who are imagining <laughs> what there are would... people in the world now finally people in the third world in developing nations <laughs> only need an internet access to watch hots. I only hope the Chinese government doesn't block the Hots video. <laughs> Wait, it has so many other no, sites. Across the nations, wondering to themselves, what would it be like if there was a football game with women who were topless? Because Hots. that is unimaginable. <laughs> There's no way to see that unless you actually watch it. Hots will solve that issue for them. Now, you know, they will know now. Uh, lastly, though. <laughs> lastly, email-wise. The last email? Short uh, mailbag. From, from Short Dave, mailbag. From Dave <laughs> Elliott's brother, last name with hell. Really, another one. <laughs> it's titled, <laughs> Responding to Elliott's Mockery. Oh, man. See, it's like it's like a fucking like a hobo. Like, if he comes around and you give him money, he's going to come around again in the future. <laughs> like, we should just not make eye contact, guys. I mean, I have to make eye contact with my brother at some point. Uh, you can probably get around it. <laughs> All right. He writes... Dear yeah. Flophouse gang, my brother made a big point to tell me this past weekend that I should listen to the show because my letter sparked a raucous laughing fit 
as I became the butt of several jokes. <laughs> I expected nothing less and was amused that Elliot referred to me as Dickopedia. <laughs> Considering that I've been that I've been called Davopedia multiple times due to my useless stores of crap, even though Elliot has far more useless bullshit in his brain Look, than I have in mine. All the Kalen boys are garbage brains. That's true, and I have a lot of garbage in my brain. However, there are a few issues in your discussion I must take umbrage with, <laughs> oh, which I'm God. sure you're all very interested. Look, we to know, know Olivia Wilde was his mother and not his girlfriend. Okay, four one. Elliot said Steve Tisch didn't deserve either when I noted that he has won both the Best Picture Oscar and the Super Bowl. While Elliot might be right on the Oscar assumption, as Forrest Gump couldn't have been the Best Picture with such other strong candidates as Pulp Fiction, The Air Up There, and The Immortal Cabin Boy all coming out that year. I don't believe The Air Up There was nominated. Cabin Boy was and deserved to win. That said, that Chris Elliot earned his Best Actor Academy Award. The air up there. <laughs> that said, the 2007 and 2011 New York Giants, of which Steve Tisch was a co-owner, despite underwhelming regular season records, clearly proved on the field in both postseasons <sighs> they were absolutely deserving. What is this podcast about? Super Bowl champions. Is this a sports cast all of a sudden? Secondly, Andy Rooney is not at all related to the family that owns the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Neither is Art Carney. <laughs> Lastly... When I bring up women I've dated to my brother, he regularly tells me he can't remember who exactly I'm talking about because there's so many of them. Well, that makes my dating life seem far more exciting than it actually is. It does make his comment that I put more effort into emailing the show than I do into dating specious at best. Given that this will almost certainly lead to Elliot making fun of me again, yes. rather than an honest, heartfelt mea culpa, I'm not entirely sure why I'm sending this email, but I look forward to hearing my brother I, defend I himself. <laughs> Sincerely, Dave, last name with help. Look, I'm sorry, Dave, that I mocked you. I'm glad that the Flophouse Ombudsman wrote in again <laughs> to remind us what we got wrong about the things we care about the least, by which I mean sports. Uh, and no, my brother does have a very active uh, romantic life. There you go. The dynamo. I've heard he may have even gotten to the dugout not first base exactly, but uh, you know, eventually there with yeah. girls. It's kind of he the got side walked. of first base, right? To... Yeah, it's he got to walk to first. He got to walk to first once, and he got beamed once. So, <laughs> man, we sound like a couple of sportsophiles. <laughs> a couple of sportsaniacs over here. Sporting and J Sports. No, but yeah, Dave can continue to write in and tell us what we got wrong. Uh, in his role as unelected Flophouse <laughs> proofreader. I really don't think we should give him any more attention. She's going to keep coming back. Uh, so that was great. We had some laughs over letters. <laughs> thanks, thanks to L over thanks L. Thanks, for Mr. Sum it up. summarizing. <laughs> it's a really kind of a lame Batman villain, Mr. Sum it up, but, you know. <laughs> well, Batman, you foiled all my goons, and now you're about to beat me up. <laughs> oh, you've struck again, Mr. Sum it up. Um, you've, you've, ruined, you've somehow ruined it. I was, I was really looking forward to it until you spoiled so what was about Sean to happen. Connery, uh, Wait, Batman? Batman, before you read that New Yorker article, allow me to explain. <laughs> oh, Mr. Sum it up. <laughs> He lost his face in an electrical accident, but through transplant surgery, they gave him a new one. Well, now, what's even the point of me reading it? Sum it up. It's kind of like the contest ruiner, but for (laughs) summarizing things. (laughs) For things that have a narrative. (laughs) Well, we've never seen them in the same room together, except we have when they teamed up (laughs) to ruin contests and novels. 
Uh, so this is the this is the last segment, everyone's favorite segment. Uh, if by everyone, I mean no one. Yeah. Then why do we keep doing it? I don't know. Okay. People need a touch of good movie just so that we know yeah, we, they know we, we don't hate everything. We need to send them out of the podcast singing song, singing a song from the podcast. Yeah, song in their heart, smile on their face, mm-hmm. gum in their hair. Oh, so if we talk about something <laughs> and, we actually like, yeah, exactly, oh, okay, blood on sense. their hands, <laughs> blood on the tracks. <laughs> So uh, on top of old spaghetti, <laughs> <laughs> under the made in mode. America, <laughs> in a New York minute, <laughs> beneath the valley of the ultra fictions, <laughs> uh, up above uh, buildings, <laughs> st- st- over the no, river I'm and through, play. through the woods. I'm not playing this under game under the rainbow, <laughs> inside, outside, upside down. Live in La Vida Loca. <laughs> Beyond the green door. <laughs> Beyond the green door? Just behind, behind, the, behind green. the green door. No, Beyond Be- it. Beyond the green door makes it seem like there's a fantasy world behind it. <laughs> it's like Narnia. <laughs> Some kind of porn Narnia. Against all odds. Beyond the green door lies enchantment and sex beyond your wildest imagination. Uh, Over the top. Uh, Stuart. Free toy inside. <laughs> of all the movies, you've Man of seen, La Mancha. Every movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Let's try to keep it recent, maybe. <laughs> What's a movie you might recommend to listeners? Out of every single movie I've ever seen. Let's all see. Movies if you can, maybe try to name a movie you haven't named before. Okay, so. John Castle Free. <laughs> Wait, shut up, guys. Uh, Done Head of the Family. Of the family. Oh, um, (laughs) I actually, I watched a movie recently. Uh, Stop joking, guys. This is serious. Yeah, let's get serious Uh, for a moment. Let's get serious, guys. Let's sober up. Uh, I watched uh, a movie called The Innkeepers, directed by Ty West, uh, the guy who directed... uh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Great movie that one of us recommended. Probably me because I'm awesome. Uh, I recommend. Yeah, that logic. That yeah, I mean that works. You, sh- you showed your work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Innkeepers is about a uh, is a, a couple of people working in a bed and breakfast on the last weekend that it is open, and this bed and breakfast has a history of being haunted, and uh, the 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 two coworkers kind of try and have fun and at the same time figure out whether or not there's any truth to the ghost stories about the place with terrifying consequences. <laughs> um, but it manages to be both funny and super atmospheric and, uh, yeah, genuinely scary. So I recommend it. The Innkeepers. Well, today I watched a uh, one, of, one of those viral internet videos, fellows. Hots. Uh, it was called Hots. <laughs> a topless football game. <laughs> no, I saw I saw a video. Now that that someone... sports you'll uh, you'll like. Yeah, they'll, they'll put, put. No, you in the Dave seat. is going to write in and tell us how it wasn't regulation football. They didn't play by the rules. There's some byline in the in the football handbook that you can't it. play topless. <laughs> no, I saw a video that uh, someone put There's together. There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't have boobs. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> You don't have to be an Amazon. Um, so this is a this is, this is a video where someone uh, did a 
composite oh, I saw this too. thing of all of the the rear window shots, the the back courtyard shots of rear window. They they stuck everything in the geographical place uh, that it would have been, and they they do like focus in and pull pull in and out of focus to like show. You know, if something if something wasn't happening at the time, I guess in the movie they would they would pull like they would blur that out and like pull focus just to the area where uh, there actually was action. But what this uh, video kind of made me realize was just again it made me realize how brilliant Alfred Hitchcock was spatially. Like to think of a movie where like this actually all works. Yeah. Like if you if you if you composite all of these shots together, it makes geographic sense. And it makes... Well, he was a space baby, so he had a real understanding of space. <laughs> but it meant he they needed two cribs. But I, I feel like like that's that's. I mean, hey, Alfred Hitchcock. Are you fucking making fun of me for the space babies <laughs> thing? I thought we dropped that. It's a callback. Alfred Hitchcock clearly doesn't need my endorsement, but like that is something that in modern thrillers don't have, which is this inherent uh, like sense of geography. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and this this movie is airtight in terms of where everything is in relationship to everything else. And uh, this 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 video just drove it home again, and so I recommend going back and rewatching Rear Window, or if you've never seen seen it in the first place, watching it once because it is one of the great uh, Hollywood thrillers ever made. Cool. What do you have, Elliot? I'm gonna recommend two movies: Bird on a Wire, Bird on a Wire, and <laughs> Bird on a Wire Two, which hasn't been made yet. But here's the pitch: the bird is back, and so is Hans Wire. <laughs> Her arch nemesis. I assume that's. What I know this we thought about. that Hans Wire died at the end of Bird on a Wire One. I did think that Bird on a Wire Two, the return of Hans Wire, tells us differently. He now has his own brain inside a robot body. The bird is, of course, still a half bird, half woman, created by the evil scientist Doctor Wire, and she's trying to live her life, her fashion dreams as a fashion designer in New York City. But Doctor Wire comes back to try to take her back to his evil menagerie. Okay. And uh, Kurt Russell's in it, I guess. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he plays Snake Plissken, but we can't call him that because it's copyrighted. So instead, his name is Lizard Plutkin. <laughs> <laughs> we still it's got like the Mad Magazine parody. <laughs> he still got the eye patch, the blue camo pants, uh, the, the sleeveless shirt. He's got shirt. two eye patches in the Mad Magazine version. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> anyway, Bird on a Wire 2, The Return of Dr. Wire. So that's my first recommendation. Uh, no, two movies. Let's get serious for a moment. Two movies uh, I saw recently. One is they're on, and the two of them are on very opposite ends of the scale in terms of subject matter. One is The Messenger, uh, not The Messenger, the Joan of Arc story starring Mila Jovovich, but The Messenger with uh, Woody Harrelson about the soldiers who are tasked with notifying next of kin that they're that they have lost someone in in combat. Uh, in Iraq or Afghanistan, and it's a very good, just kind of serious movie about that, and almost the best scenes of it are less the drama scenes, because the story kind of runs where you think it's going to go, which is not necessarily a terrible thing, but the scenes where Woody Harrelson and, and I think it's, what, Ryan Phillippe? Uh, Ben Foster? Ben Foster, that's who it is. They all look the same to me. Uh, And Ben Foster are going over basically how to do this job and what the technical rules of it are and things like that. Uh, and it was just very well done. The other movie that I wanted to recommend on the totally opposite end of the scale, tone-wise, uh, is a movie called uh, The Good, The Bad, The Weird, a, uh, which I don't have, that hasn't been recommended on this podcast before, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Which was a Korean action adventure movie from a year or two ago, which was, I think, the highest budget 
Korean movie, South Korean movie up till that point, uh, which is basically if you crossed the good, the bad, and the ugly, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kung Fu Hustle, and Beyond Thunderdome, kind of, and set them in Manchuria in the 1930s, uh, that's pretty much the movie. It's these three guys who are all after a treasure map, and they keep crossing paths, and there's a ton of enormous action scenes, and it was just a lot of fun and very over-the-top and silly and, like, action-y in the way that I hoped Three Musketeers would have been when I saw the commercials and saw that there was, like, a giant airship with fire cannons on it. So uh, those are the movies I'd recommend, The Messenger and The Good, The Bad, The Weird. Uh, don't necessarily watch them together uh, because it would be, like, two not, extremes of hot not, and cold. Well, but not side by side. Don't 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 watch them at the same time. For one thing, The Good, The Bad, other. The Weird is, much, is like, 20 minutes longer. Up? So. Oh, yeah, they just sync yeah, up. They they totally totally up yeah, they sync up totally fine. Uh, um, but they, those were both movies that I, uh, that I appreciated recently, or enjoyed recently. Well, before we sign off, guys, we should plug our upcoming live Flophouse event on June the 8th at 92 Y Tribeca. Yep. Friday, June 8th at 8 p.m., I believe. Should we uh, reveal the film? Should we reveal the film, or should we keep people guessing? Um, uh, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, Stuart doesn't care. Really non-committal. We probably should have figured out whether or not we're going to reveal it before the podcast. Yeah, started. this is awkward that we're discussing this Ooh, awkward, in front weird. of everybody. Uh, really we'll sh- we'll save it for next time. Like, Let's right, just say I'll, the we'll curtain. give people a clue, and okay. the clue is that it stars James Remar. Ooh. So James Remar is the star of the film, and uh, let's see. Well, let's you know what? Let's reveal clues over the next couple yeah. months. Oh man, we got till June. Like Hansel and Gretel. Until the contest ruiner doesn't show up. Oh oh, and we'll reveal the title in like May, and then All we right. can re- promote it for that Sounds month. Good. You know. That's so was month. it June eighth? Yeah, clear your schedule. June eighth in New York City, ninety two Y Tribeca, the same place that we held the twin sitters screening and the twelve round screening, and again we're both. Co- Sell out or almost sell out crowds. Let's just call them sell out crowds. Yeah. Both and co presented as before sellouts. by the I Love Bad Movies team of Xenia Yorosh and Matt Carmen. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A great uh, zine if you want to pick it up online. They put out a great zine. A, a real, real double. It's not available online. And if you, you want just to pick up, buy it online. And if you want to pick up that zine in person, they're having. They're actually hosting the Brooklyn Zine Fest on April fifteenth in Brooklyn, Ooh. in New York. Uh, I don't know the website. Google Brooklyn Zine Fest, I guess. Yeah. Um, A real professional operation we're running around <laughs> yep. here. Yep. Well, we, yeah. Anywho, uh, but June 8th is the movie, so James Remar is in it. So. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, that just leaves uh Sign-offs, right? Sign-off. Yeah. So for the Flophouse. Sign-off time. Time to sign off. Flop I've been sign-off Dan time. McCoy. Uh, I wait. Why is he? Why is he uh, I've been Stuart, off. But, why did that throw you off? Uh, I, I'm just, no. Why do you sing through his and not mine? Because I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> there, I'm done. I'm out. Okay. I got it out. And I'm Elliot Kalen. Goodbye, everyone. And boom in the can. <laughs> We're not even done yet. Why would you say that then? All right, everyone. Yeah. We got it. Wait, that's not how we start. <laughs> we got it, buddies. We go, we got one. Real big problem with real bad logo goes. Cleaning up the town. That's not how we start.